This is the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo. We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back. I'm Hayden Wright. I'm Austin Cole. And And we we are your hosts. hosts. On today's show, we have Jeremy and David, the founders of Crown Capital, based here in Houston, Texas. They do hard money lending, and today they're going to share a little bit about their story and their success with hard money um, and how to get started in that and why they chose that path over the traditional investing paths. So without further ado, let's get right into it. David and Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, Appreciate glad to be guys. here. Absolutely. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of, about yourselves and where you guys are from. Sure. I appreciate it, Hayden. Uh, my name is David Little. Um, I'm originally from Midland, Texas, but pretty much lived in Texas the majority of my life. Uh, I went to A&M, I studied petroleum engineering. And after that, I got on with an oil and gas company, been working with them for about 11 years. And uh, here very recently, uh, we relocated back to Houston, Texas. Very glad to be back home, back in my home state. Um, you know, a little bit of background on my investment history. Um, I've kind of been a little bit all over the board. I've done single family rental properties, Airbnbs before, uh, participated in oil and gas royalty interest trust up in the Utica. Um, even, even we acquired some raw land, developed and subdivided and sold the lots to a, um, to a builder. But really where, where I centered on, and now the vast majority of my time is, is focused on hard money lending with, with the company we're going to talk about today, Crown Capital Resources. Awesome. Great. Yeah, and Hayden, Austin, thanks guys for for having us on. I, I'm course. super pumped to, to to meet you guys and and get a chance to talk a little bit about some of the things that we work on almost daily. So, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Jeremy Adrian. Uh, I as well am a graduate of Texas A&M University, um, and I, I I'm also a petroleum engineering uh, graduate. Uh, I work in the oil and gas industry as kind of my primary role. Um, been with the same company now for uh, just hit 10 years. And uh, yeah, so I grew up in Houston. Uh, I've lived in Texas most of my life. I currently reside in Denver, Colorado. I moved out here about three years ago. Um, I got a wife and two kids, a little boy and a, and a brand new baby girl that just turned three weeks old today. Oh, That's wow. great. Uh, yeah, a little bit about me too. Uh, I'm a sports fanatic. I love <laughs> I love all types of sports, uh, golf especially, anything we can compete in. Uh, that's that's kind of right up my alley. Uh, and yeah, and just kind of give a little bit of background on on my transition into real estate. Uh, I kind of got into uh, short term rentals uh, quite a while back uh, when I was living in San Antonio at the time. I I had uh, purchased into a, a short term rental down in Corpus Christi, kind of a beach beachside rental, and that was really my first introduction um, into the industry. And, uh, and I've known David for quite some time, and our, our uh, interests align, and that's when we uh, we started our company, Crown Capital Resources, about five years ago together. And so. That was our introduction to it, and we've just been grinding it ever since. So, okay, yeah. great. So it sounds like you both kind of dabbled in uh, some other real estate opportunities, investment opportunities. What you know, what happened there? How'd you get into that? And ultimately, ultimately, why did you get out of it? Yeah, so <clears throat> this is a pretty good story. You guys will enjoy it. Um, it was uh, about five, six years ago. We were in San Antonio at the time, 
And uh, Jeremy and I kind of decided that we wanted to flip a property. We had done other things in real estate. We'd never flipped it. We wanted the experience. And so, uh, you know, we hit, we hit the pavement. We started working with uh, real estate agents and, and wholesalers. We started going to wholesale auctions actually quite a bit. And we had so much trouble finding a property. Um, we were getting outbid or the property was just kind of too much work. Um, and so we, we went through this for months and months and months. Um, and then eventually we had a, a friend reach out to us and he actually kind of had the exact opposite problem. He had gotten a, a property. <laughs> he just didn't have any money to purchase it or flip it, you know? Right. And so uh, he, you know, he talked to Jeremy and I and, and we said, yeah, we'd, we'd absolutely love to take a look at the property. Um, he sent us some pictures of the outside and we were like, yeah, great. We'll meet you. It's in San Antonio. We lived in San Antonio at the time. So we, we go to this property, Jeremy, myself, and, and this is one of our first real estate investors we worked with. And this was our first deal, right? So we walk up, house looks good. Neighborhood looks decent on paper. It looks great. And then we open the front door and I know Jared, uh, Jeremy remembers this as vividly as I do. It was like straight out of a TV show. It was a hoarder's house. Oh man, <laughs> it was, no. I mean, it was unbelievable the way it smelled, unbelievable the way it looked. Um, and, and I mean, I, I'm just trying to paint like a, a, an image for you. We're talking things stacked up to the ceiling. There were no floors. There were just little trails that you could kind of move through the house. <laughs> oh, towards. It was wild. So we're walking through this house and, and Jeremy and myself are just like trying to get our heads around this, checking out the bedrooms. The bathrooms, the kitchen was a total mess. And then uh, we go to the back guest bedroom, the last bedroom, last door we opened. And uh, we opened the door and our jaws just dropped. Um, uh, Hayden, Austin, you guys got any, any, any guesses as to what we saw in there? Man, I, I don't even have a clue. I, I no. was trying to predict <laughs> that in my mind, but I feel like I'm, I'm going to be so far off. So we, we opened the door. And it's a 10 by 10 guest room with about an eight foot pile of used kitty litter. No way. And a shovel. And no. (laughs) So this person had been sitting there, I mean, for probably five plus five, six, seven years and just been shoveling that old used kitty litter in that room. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So anyway. So this is the house that we're looking to lend on, right? So this, this is the one. Um, so anyways, we leave the house uh, and Jeremy and I are just like trying to get our heads around the whole thing. We're like, man. And to be honest with you, it was a train wreck. It, it was hard, you know, to even see past it. But we were look, run the numbers and Jeremy and I are looking back and forth. And it's like, man, if he can really acquire this property for this number, um, the contractor bid seemed conservative and everything else matched up. So we ended up lending on the property. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the rest is history. I mean, that, that particular investor has now done over 20 deals with us. Wow. Um, he's, he's, he's done tremendously well. And, and that was kind of his first, you know, his first flip. That was our first lending opportunity, but that's really how we, we got our start. And uh, for us, it just became a really, really viable um, kind of outside investment opportunity that we could still do while maintaining, you know, our nine to five. Mm-hmm. So in your own words, how would you describe hard money and, and why did you get into that? Yeah. So I, I can answer that, Peyton. Um, yeah. So hard money is really, 
simply put, it's it's asset backed uh, cash investments uh, to to acquire properties relatively quickly. Um, I think you know there's different people use it for different ways. Uh, oftentimes, it's used uh, for single and multifamily properties. Uh, people that are looking to to get a get a property rather quickly. Um, and, uh, with different exit strategies, whether they want to flip it, whether they want to turn it into a rental, um, you know, various, various, uh, exit strategies. Um, but really, uh, you know, it's really a, typically a high return, um, investment option. Um, it's expensive money to some extent, but I think, uh, when you really break it down, those that use it, use it to their advantage and, uh, have a lot of, lot of, uh, success, you know, for me, I think it opens, uh, it opens up opportunity. Uh, for those that are looking to build rental rental portfolios or looking to make extra cash uh, flipping properties. And uh, I think I'd give a couple examples of really, uh, you know, some success stories and things that people have used our hard money uh, really to, to be successful for themselves. So, you know, one of them was a, a flip that we've done over in Austin, Texas. Um, this was uh, over the last year. So relatively hot market. Um, a house, single family home was purchased for $415,000 um, and uh, set aside $95,000 on top of that to, to rehab the property. So significant rehab. Uh, so a total of $510,000 invested in the property. And uh, the guys got after it, got the property ready, got it on the market. And within four months, they sold it um, and the property sold for $680,000. Um, so that's $170,000 profit. Um, and through that process, uh, you know, for us, they, they paid us about $30,000 um, for 75% loan to value. Um, so, you know, four month time span, uh, they were able to net about $140,000. So really, really awesome uh, story there. And then another example uh, is a property we did over in San Antonio. Uh, this was uh, an exit strategy of, uh, of renovating the property and turning into a rental uh, smaller house, uh, different different uh, market. Purchased for ninety thousand, put about thirty five thousand dollars into a rehab. So total total loan of one hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars. After about six months, uh, property was complete. Um, and the borrower uh, had an appraiser come out and appraised for about one hundred eighty thousand dollars. So seventy percent loan to value, and they paid us in that time frame uh, about ten thousand uh, dollars. Netted about fifty five thousand uh, dollars on the property. So, you know, great success stories. One thing to really, you know, take away there is uh, that individual that, that refinanced and the house ended up taking out a mortgage through a bank after that. And uh, the bank recognized 20% down on the property. And he essentially got that house for almost $0 out of pocket in the end. Um, wow. And so, you know, if you use hard money, right, you can build a, a wealth of uh, portfolio uh, of rental properties over the years and really don't have to put a whole lot of money into it other than, you know, keeping a, a slush fund on the side to, to make your monthly payments until you, you reach your exit strategy. So. Sweet. You, you mentioned a couple of things that I want to kind of wrote back to. So you mentioned loan to value, loan to value a few times. Uh, do you want to kind of explain what that is and like what kind of loan of value do you normally typically, or what, what do y'all typically give to uh, investors? Yeah, yeah. So loan to value, uh, you know, in in this in this world of real estate is is probably one of the most talked about items, um, and it's really the the easiest way for for us to evaluate what a property is worth and how much we're willing to lend on it. So mm-hmm. the loan to value is essentially the purchase price plus the rehab dollars that are put into it, and then you divide that by the future value of the property. So what's it going to be worth after you put the money into it and you turn it into 
the type of property that you're hoping to uh, to turn it into. Uh, so that's the calculation for loan to value. And, uh, you know, for us, it, it varies a little bit depending on the region. Uh, we're willing to typically lend up to about 75% loan to value. Uh, um, and doing that, we're, we're willing to lend 100% of the purchase and rehab. So that's one thing that's a little bit unique about, about our business. Um, but yeah, typically about 75% loan to value. It can vary on the different regions. It's, it really just depends on the market, the borrower, and, and some of the other items that, might, um, that we might look at. Sounds good. And then what kind of interest rate do, uh, can people expect to get with a hard money loan? Yeah. What, what's the range on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it really depends. Um, for us, uh, interest rates range from uh, as low as about 10% up to about 12, 13%. Um, really just depends on the property and the, and the individual that's borrowing. Awesome. You know, and, and just, just to speak to that, whenever you first meet a hard money lender, you'll never get a straight answer out of them. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the reason is it's, it's very simply, it's just a risk calculation, mm-hmm. right? And so, you, you know, we've had investors that we started with charging on the high end of, of our interest rates and, and origination fees. And then as, as we have gained more confidence in, in their abilities, you know, as professionals, we've lowered our rates over time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to be honest with you guys, we've even lowered them proactively just because we want to continue the business relationship. Yeah. It's not like we're lowering them once they finally come and try to renegotiate. We, we do that, you know, because our long-term goal is to build these, uh, these relationships that, that are hopefully going to last several, several years. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So now, um, you know, what do you guys, what, what is the edge um, that your business offers against other hard money lenders? Like why do you, in your opinion, would somebody come to you uh, rather than the bigger guy down the street? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. Uh, so no doubt, it's a very competitive space. Um, I would say that, that the number one edge that we have is that we're extremely cu- uh, customer service oriented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that stems from, um, I was actually a passive investor with, with a, another hard money loan company. And I just remember how poor the customer service was, how there was no transparency, how I was always reaching out to them, trying to figure out what was going on. And so, uh, you know, essentially where Jeremy and I went with this business is I took that experience and said, man, we could just do this better. Right. And so for us, um, that is a huge part of, of what we pride ourselves in is, is crown capital resources. And, you know, and working with us versus working with a big company is when you, you pick up the phone, you're not going to get an automated system. You're not going to get a secretary. You're going to be speaking to either Jeremy or myself, right? The two owners of the company who ultimately are making all the decisions. Hmm. Um, so in my, in my mind, it's, it's like the best of both worlds, right? We offer the competitive rates, but we also offer, um, you know, that personalized touch, that personal communication, that transparency that people really want these days. Um, you know, and another thing that I would say that kind of gives us an edge is uh, Jeremy, Jeremy and myself have, have a heart and a passion for a mentorship with newer investors. You know, a lot of the investors that we even today work with, we were some of, if not their first uh, real estate flip. And so we've kind of got to grow together. And, and as we continue to do that with bringing in new investors, um, we've just found a, a, a passion for that. You know, so we had an investor reach out to us in, in Austin uh, on a property and um, 
we advise them. We're like, hey, this this deal looks good on paper, but here are all the things you need to be thinking about. I would check, you know, I would check this, 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 and this. I would look at this background on your contractor. Do you need a, a good attorney because we have those contacts as well? So very, very quickly, he was able to get up to speed. Um, and he's actually he's actually exiting that deal like within a matter of weeks. It'll be his first successful flip and it's looking great. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that, that's one thing uh, that Jeremy and I just just love. We, we love the, being able to develop people. We love the mentorship role that, that could come with this business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, Jeremy, do you want to talk a little bit about our software as well? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to add a few other other items as well. You know, another big one is I mentioned a little bit earlier, but our our willingness to lend 100%, right? So oftentimes uh, most lenders will want 10% down in the deal. They'll want some type of funds put into the property up front from the borrower and it, and that goes along with the risk risk assessment, right? But you know, for us, we evaluate the property uh, we evaluate the borrower uh, more from just a personal standpoint. You know, is it somebody we want to work with? Do we see, uh, you know, a long-term partnership uh, together? Um, and then, you know, doing that, we're willing to to help out. You know, we want them to put their money uh, where they need to. If they can flip two houses versus one, we'd rather them tie their money up in the two houses. Um, and so we're willing to lend the entire purchase and the rehab in those cases. So that that is one thing that's a little bit unique about us uh, that, that differentiates us. Um, you know, another thing too is is we're continuing to to add more and more to our business to improve, right? So we, David mentioned, we're very customer driven. You know, we we make those calls, we reach out to our customers and ask them, what are your pain points? What's missing? What can we do to help you and make your life easier? You know, for for them, uh, they're busy. They're in the houses. They're managing contractors. They're budgeting. They're doing so many things. The last thing they want to do is have problems and challenges with their lender, right? And so, um, you know, one of the things we've added recently uh, based on feedback is, is uh, w- we've recently added a loan servicing software, right? So this is, allows us uh, to more effectively manage the property, uh, makes it easier on our customer. Everything from uh, when it comes time to request a draw, uh, the program's got access to take photos, automatically upload them into the system. Um, they can, cl- with a click of a button, log into a portal, uh, upload documents directly to us. It eliminates a lot of the back and forth email that's necessary. Um, and it allows us to get notified of, of these requests so we can get on it almost immediately. So we, we can get a draw request and have that money sent over on the same day, uh, which is, which is really great. And that, and that's something as like David mentioned is us being a small business, you know, we have that flexibility. David and I make the decisions here so we can do that. We can adjust to, you know, various scenarios that might come from, from our, our customers. Um, so really a lot of really unique things that, that we're able to offer. Yeah. I, I really like those answers just because um, kind of like you both put, you're not going to get that same sort of level of service from the bigger guys on the street, just not because maybe they don't want to, just because they purely don't have the bandwidth. Um, but you're also offering more of an advisory position as well. You're, it's not, just the lending you're you're you it seems like you guys are truly there to help them out and get through you know some of these first investors um their first deal which which is huge because a lot of people will shy away from the first investor um as it is so you being able to reach out and help them and guide them through that process i think is huge um so to kind of touch on that a little bit what can a first-time investor do to make the process easier and to be more enjoyable to work with 
it's interesting. A lot of people wait till they're way far down the road before they reach out to a hard money lender. Uh, but I would say if, if you've got a property that you think you're going to be able to secure, uh, let's go ahead and get in contact. You know, we, we actually, people reach out to us relatively early in the process. And, and sometimes people even reach out to us before they make an offer on a property. And, and they'll say, hey, I, can you run the numbers by this? Is this something you would be willing to lend on, right? So we get that request all the time. So I would say, don't hesitate, go ahead and reach out. And, and that way, at least you know what you can come to the table with, right? Because we'll do the evaluation and say, hey, uh, this is what our after repair value came in at, 75% gets you in this range. That I think is a very reasonable offer for you to make, right? And so that, that would be my number one advice. Um, don't feel free to reach out. We can even help you with the, the valuation at, and at the very least you got a second set of eyes on it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and to add to that, you know, that's a great point is, you know, whether you use us or you're using another hard money lender out there, use, use their experience. I mean, ultimately the hard money lender is going to take your evaluation and they're going to put their own on it. And if they align, they're willing to lend typically on the property, but uh, you know, get ahead of it, find out what, you know, if you have a property you're really considering or you have a uh, under contract, get in touch with your private lender, your hard money lender right away and find out what they see. Sometimes they might you might find something that you didn't look at and uh, it kept you from getting into a bad deal. Exactly. Awesome. So what are some mistakes that you all have seen from like whether it's a first time investor or like experienced investor? I'm sure there's some sort of mistakes that have common across. Yeah. Yeah. So there's quite a few items that come to mind, uh, you know, past mistakes that people make. You know, the first thing is there's a lot of wholesalers out there. Wholesalers are great partners. You know, they they do a great job of finding properties that, you know, distressed properties, typically undervalued properties. Uh, but the big thing to look out for is don't always believe their evaluation. Right. Uh, they'll handpick certain properties to make it to make it meet a certain criteria and, and, and try to, to push that property out. So do your due diligence, do your own research, make sure you believe in that evaluation uh, when you're, when you're getting those properties from wholesalers. Another one is, uh, you know, focus on your exit strategy early. Um, you know, if your exit strategy is to uh, flip the property and, uh, and sell it, you know, that's pretty straightforward. You know, can you, can you start marketing that property before it's done being renovated? How how can you get that on the market a little bit quicker? So your, your money that you're paying to us is reduced, right? Your profits are, are typically built upon how quickly you can get the profit, uh, the property done. Um, you know, another one is, uh, you know, you got to plan for problems, right? Um, you know, don't, don't take a property that you have to hit this exact number that you're trying to achieve and you're so borderline on, on your, your loan to value you know, you're going to find things that you didn't expect. You know, there's, there's things hidden behind sheetrock, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's foundations that can be cracked that are underneath the flooring. So, you know, expect uh, uh, costs that might come and, uh, you know, building a little bit of buffer into your forecast. uh, That'll keep you from getting into a financial crunch. Um, Another one uh, is is communication, right? So, you know, communicate with your lender. There's going to be times we've had uh, some of our, uh, clients get into a, you know, a crunch where they might have to miss a payment. Um, you know, the best thing you can do is communicate, talk to your lender, 
and let them know what's going on. The last thing we want to know, we want to do is find out uh, that you hadn't been honest with us. Um, those that communicate, you'd be amazed at how, how willing your, your lender is to, you know, go out of the way to do extra things for you to, to help you, you know, get, get you along. And then the last one that comes to mind for me is, is uh, contractors, right? Yeah. You know, newer investors don't typically have really solid relationships with contractors. Um, and that's going to be your, one of your most critical uh, components to, to rehabbing a property. So get out in your re- real estate groups, get out there and ask around, interview these contractors, find out who's going to be the right partner for you and, uh, and get in on that deal with the right people. Okay. Well, great. So now in your opinion, now in, in your experience, I guess, how long does it take to develop a solid relationship with an investor? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, in most cases, it's really at the end of your first transaction, uh, first property for us, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, we watch pretty closely on how the borrowers of ours, uh, how they work, you know, are we having to reach out to them to let them know, Hey, your payment was due yesterday or did they send it to us two days early? Um, you know, little things like that. Are they keeping us, you know, keeping up, uh, giving us updates on the progress, are they, you know, are they asking the right questions? Um, you know, typically it, it only takes one transaction. You know, one thing that we, we really do a lot of is, is screening our, our potential buyers. Um, so I mentioned we, we typically, uh, borrowers, excuse me. I mentioned we do a, a typically do a, you know, an interview. Uh, we have conversations with, with anybody that reaches out and just kind of get to know them a little bit and make sure that, that they're the right fit for us and we're the right fit for them. You know, one of our, our long-term goals is to never have to do a foreclosure. Um, and mm-hmm. so we've done uh, almost $7 million in, in projects to date, over 32 properties. We've never had a foreclosure. Um, and so, you know, we, we believe uh, it's the individuals that are borrowing that will continue to, to drive that, that goal. So, um, you know, really, really key, a key thing for us is, is, uh, is keeping that on track. And then lastly, uh, you know, com- communications, uh, you know, I mentioned that earlier, communication is really a, a key thing for us. I can give you a great example of, of a borrower that we had a little while back in Austin. Uh, he, you know, was a go-getter, great guy. Uh, he partnered with a builder, a local builder there, and uh, they decided to get into a property that was about a $300,000 uh, purchase. It was going to be a demo tear down, and they were going to rebuild a brand new duplex on this property. Great location. You know, they had the evaluation to this day. I still think they had the perfect evaluation on it. Um, but, you know, throughout time, uh, him and, and the contractor and the builder kind of started misaligning on things. Uh, they really, uh, you know, visions uh, weren't aligned. The contractor, you know, was working on other stuff. You know, long story short, they, they, they ended up uh, really having a sour relationship. But the best thing that that guy did is he stayed in communication with us from the very beginning. He informed us of, of kind of the relationship, where things were going. We were three or four months in on this and they still haven't got past the permitting process. So, you know, and they're, they're paying a lot of money for that. So, right. um, but credit to the, to this particular uh, client. I mean, he stuck it out. He made every single payment on time. And when it came down to it and decided the exit strategy really was just to flip the land and the house that was on it instead of, uh, pushing through with the project. Um, you know, we were able to work with them, lower the rates, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of that process. And he ultimately 
was able to flip that land uh, for, you know, a little bit of profit on the end and, and got out of that. So, you know, just kind of a great story in line with communicate with your lender, you know, to him, he felt like he failed. He felt like it was completely a disaster. Um, but to us, he's probably the first person we want to lend to in the future, you know, yeah. because he he went through that process with us and he was honest up front and, and really handled it the way that he should. Okay. So now for some of the audience who maybe hasn't used a hard money loan yet, would you mind just kind of walking through beginning to end briefly, just touch on the different parts of the process? Um, yeah, sure. So um, the first thing that usually happens is uh, a real estate investor either has secured a property or like I mentioned previously, is, is thinking about putting in an offer. So they'll usually reach out to us. Um, and then what Jeremy and I do on, on the back end is we'll do an entire evaluation on it, right? And so it, 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 Jeremy and I usually collaborate on this. Um, we'll pull CMAs. Uh, we'll, we'll look at what the contractor bid looks like. Uh, generally speaking, it's best if we have a m- more of a comprehensive picture, right? To say, hey, here's, here's the full breakdown of what it's going to cost me to acquire it. Here's an actual contractor bid. Um, that makes it a little bit easier on us. But uh, we'll get back to um, the real estate investor. We usually try to shoot for, you know, 24, 48 hours and say, hey, this is where we see the ARV of the property. This is what we would be willing to lend. Um, and then that verbal, uh, you know, that verbal affirmation basically is all the investor is going to need to go ahead and make the offer, right? So let's say the investor uh, makes an offer on the property, it gets accepted, um, we we get a close date. So Jeremy and I are doing a lot of things on our end, right? So we're we're doing a lot of uh, drafting the legal contracts. We're getting everything set up in place to where it's a pretty seamless transition. Um, at closing. Uh, the real estate investor will essentially go into closing. We'll fund it on behalf of them, right? So the hard money lender will hold first lien on the property. So what typically happens is we'll, we'll, we will fund only the amount needed to close on the property. And then we'll keep uh, essentially the rest of the renovation in an account to be dispersed uh, according to like a preset draw schedule. Um, so the, the property is acquired. The renovation gets going. So the real estate investor is now hitting kind of milestones, right? Predetermined milestones saying, hey, we got, call it, you know, we got demo done. We got the sheetrock done. I'm ready for the next draw, right? Okay, we've gotten all the electrical work done. We got the floors in. I'm ready for the next draw. So it progressively moves through that system. So the final draw is made. Um, and then as, as this loan is going out, you know, they're paying their monthly interest rates. Um, and then at the very end, they market it. We're, we're in the loop the entire way along. So if, if there's third-party investors involved or whoever it is, we're communicating not only kind of laterally, but like forward and backward as well, right? Um, at the very end of it, the, the property gets sold. Um, we get paid back. And then essentially the, the investor will then hold it, either flip the property or hold it as a rental. But the exit strategies are really twofold for uh, one of two things for all of our real estate investors. They're either flipping it or they're, they're doing the Burr method, right? So they're holding it and they're building that long-term uh, residential real estate portfolio. Right. Sweet. Um, and what's amazing is, you know, just to, to speak to that is we have people that we work with as well, kind of on that back end lending side. And so 
another thing that we're always looking at to kind of help our real estate investors as well is to say, hey, here's what I think you might be able to get like a refinance for as well. Right? Because one of our early real estate investors now works for a lending company. So we have that resource that we can pull in, 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 okay. in as well. That's great. Sweet. So, so, oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Well, so just to kind of like give you the 10,000 foot view, from a, if I'm an investor, right, a real estate investor, I really, um, what I want to do is I just want to focus on acquiring this house, renovating this house and putting it on the market, right? And that's when, so when you put yourself in that mindset, that's why Jeremy and I try to focus so hard on like a seamless experience because we want to be like a duck on the water, right? We want to be just like uh, placid on the top, but like pedaling like hell on the underneath. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to manage everything from a third party basis that we need to do, but we don't need to let the real, you know, we don't need to let the investor worry about that stuff. Like they need to be focused on the house, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I would think through that. Awesome. So what is the biggest mistake y'all have made thus far in your investing careers or lending careers? Mistakes, and, plural. Uh, yeah, mistakes, <laughs> mistake. <whatever. laughs> I'll let Jeremy take this one. There's a few. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Fortunately, we don't have a, just a huge, you know, we lost a hundred thousand dollars on this mm-hmm. property. It was the property from hell. Fortunately, we don't have that story to tell. Um, but I, I would say we have a lot of little things that we've learned uh, really from the beginning. Um, you know, the first of which is, is legal contracts, right? So when we first start go, started getting going, we wanted to make as much money as we could and we wanted to spend as little as possible. Um, and so we went online and drafted our own legal documents. And, um, you know, looking back on it, that was really a bad move that could have got us into a really tough, tough situation. Um, and so we've since partnered with, (laughs) excuse me, guys, we since partnered with, uh, with a great attorney. He's there out of Houston. He does all the documents for us. And it really, it really gives us kind of that peace of mind that if something were to happen, we got really good legal backing. He's got over 30 years of experience all of the goods and bads have been built into that contract. So that'd be the first thing I would, I would suggest is make sure you, you use a lawyer, do the right contracts, because that's ultimately what you have to fall back on if something really were to go south. Um, another one is, you know, the loan to value evaluations. We were really all over the place. We weren't super focused on that from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, looking back, everything worked out, uh, but that could have got us into a, you know, a tougher situation, uh, you know, the, uh, on some of those properties. So, you know, really it, 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 it's about studying the area, making friends with real estate agents, figuring out what are good comps for the area and make sure that you have the right evaluation on every property that you're willing to lend on. Um, and then lastly, uh, I think a big one is, you know, keep great records, right? So we had to do a lot of digging back through emails to try to pull up our past history as we wanted to, you know, progress our business. And um, so my recommendation would be put all that information together from the beginning, put your evaluations into a spreadsheet, keep that information because down the road, as you continue to grow and expand, you're going to want that. Right. So for us, you know, we had to put a business pitch together as we sought out uh, additional financial investments, whether through institutions or individuals. And the more we could have documented from the very beginning, we would have had a great uh, had the ability to put a great portfolio together with all the different details, all the properties. Here's what is valued at, on the beginning. 
uh, here's how much money we made, here's what it sold for. All those little details are ultimately what you have to kind of tell your story as you're pitching these to, to another business or to, uh, you know, somebody that might be willing to put in substantial money into you. So keep great records. You're going to wish you did it later on. Right. So now for those that are listening to this and thinking maybe, maybe this is a better path for me. Maybe I don't want to go and flip the the kitty litter house or, uh, you know, (laughs) deal with that kind of thing. Um, and maybe they're in a different market, so they're not going to compete directly with you guys. But how would you recommend that they get started with this? What What is a good first step to start, you know, a hard money company? Oh wow, that's a that's a pretty good question. Well, <clears throat> let me ask your let, let me answer your question with a little bit more of a broad response. Okay. You know, I would say that for somebody that's looking to get started, there's so many people that start down the road and they say, "I just want to flip homes." right? Because it seems like there's the, the most material out there. It seems like that's kind of a hot topic or whatever. But when you think about real estate and the opportunities in real estate, it's incredibly broad. You know, I mean, it, our story is, well, we started down the path of maybe we want to flip a house. And then it turns out, well, we really don't want to flip houses. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and, and, and like Austin, you and Hayden, maybe you guys started down the road of, well, maybe we want to flip houses. But let's say this podcast takes off and you guys become wildly successful. You get sponsorship <laughs> deals and all of a sudden you're like, well, this side hustle is really aggressive. And I love this, you know? Um, you know, so I would say that first and foremost is, is you should always be open to where the opportunity might be. And there's, there's tons of ways to make money in the real estate industry. And it might be a totally different path than what you started, mm-hmm. you know, when you first set out on it. Um, now, if you decide you want to be a hard money loan um, company, um, well, number one step is you could probably reach out to Jeremy and I, um, <laughs> you know, call us up. We'd love to, you know, expand more on that, tell you our story, help you out in any way, shape or form. But, um, you know, the, the, the big the first big block that you kind of have to get through is you need capital and you, and you need a lot of capital. And until you really have a, 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 a very solid and several year um, operating history, you're not going to get a bank to lend you money for this. And so your first step would either be, your first step is probably securing the capital, whether that's friends and family, right? And then step two is you want to find some solid real estate investors. Um, you know, and step three is don't, don't worry about hitting the home run, just focus on hitting a few singles and, and getting gaining experience, right? Everybody wants to hit the home run, but if you finish your first deal and let's say you barely made any money, but you learned a ton, mm-hmm. that's a home run. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. And one thing to add to that too, um, you know, we've had friends that have heard, heard about what we're doing and they've reached out to us and they said, Hey, I'm interested. Can I invest in a deal with you? And we opened that opportunity. Um, so we, we've had opportunities where, you know, we wanted to lend on a property and, and so we pulled in what we call third-party money, but essentially we had a friend uh, that was interested in the business. He went and led right, a, right alongside us, and we coached him through the process. You know, as much as much information that they he or, he or she wanted, we passed that along. And, and I would say, generally speaking, most people are willing to share and you know throw somebody on their shoulder and, and teach them the process. So um, you know, we've done that. So m- my recommendation would be find somebody out there that's you know that's doing loans and is willing to kind of drag you along, you know, you might not make quite as much as they are. 
um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they might take, take the points up front or something like that, but uh, that's the best way to learn. And, and then you, then you're kind of leveraging all the learning and experience uh, that, that, in the, that, that company had uh, to kind of get you going. Right. Right. Okay. So now what, what you kind of already talked about this a little bit, but what is the most impactful part of your business? Like what is, what is the way that you feel like you're giving back and, and what kind of keeps you going? Cause then it's by no means is this an easy business. Um, just like everything else, it gets stressful and overwhelming. So what kind of keeps you going? Yeah. Hayden, uh, you know, for us, I think David and I are just super passionate about it. You know, everything that this company's turned into is what we built from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, that in combination with, we, like we mentioned, we love mentoring new people. Uh, we love, uh, you know, seeing individuals grow. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned those metrics earlier on that property in Austin, that property in San Antonio. If you really break down how much money was paid to us in the process versus how much our clients made, it's about a five to one ratio. So our clients are making five times as much in a deal as we are, and they're using our money. Uh, and ultimately our money is at risk in the property, right? So, you know, we're, we're watching people that are growing long-term wealth. You know, we mentioned one of our first investors has built over 20 properties. You know, that's, that's big time retirement money in 20 properties. And once those houses get paid off, that individual is set for life and he's going to have, you know, something to pass down for generations to his kids and, and his kids, kids. And, and so I think that that's just really what excites me about it is, you know, we're, we're getting to do something we really enjoy uh, we're also making some money at the same time, you know, on top of what, what our day job is. And, uh, you know, so we're helping our families and setting our families up. Um, but we enjoy doing it. We spend a lot of times on the nights and weekends doing this. And, uh, you know, that wouldn't happen if we, were, if we weren't passionate about it and didn't enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. Sweet. So what are some goals y'all have for the next three to five years uh, with the company? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question for us, right? Because <laughs> Um, you know, I think the typical answer for, for an individual would be like, well, I want to quit, quit my nine to five and, and jump in this full time. But, you know, Jeremy and I, we both, we both love our jobs as it stands right now. And, and, and we're enjoying doing this too. I think for me, um, Jeremy and I do set goals. Um, and you know, a lot of those right now are centered on kind of this next phase of growth in our business, right? Where we've, we've, gotten a hold of some uh, institutional money. And so the next, I would say, set of goals for us are basically to continue to build our network into Houston and other parts of Texas, and, and then to really utilize um, that, that uh, third-party capital to its fullest extent and kind of grow that relationship. Um, there's not really a ceiling for being, for being a hard money lender. And so for us, I would say... I don't know where we both lie as far as like, well, how big can this get? I think Jeremy and I are more in the mode of just like, we're really having fun doing this right now. Right. And so we do have another shorter term goal that we have is we really want to streamline a lot of our process. Um, In reality, we were still kind of working off spreadsheets and Google docs and emails. And we, we decided in, you know, in early in 2021 that we just need to move on to a software solution we need to streamline it. And not only is that going to help us, but that's going to help uh, the user experience for the real estate investor as well. 
Yeah, and to add to that too, David, uh, you know, really continue networking. Uh, I think our, our future goals are to focus more time on networking, connecting with more and more people out there. And, and an alternative to that is, is improve our marketing process, right? So get our name out there, uh, continue creating the brand that we've established and, uh, you know, positioning this company that, you know, as our desires are there, that we'll be able to keep growing. You know, ultimately yeah. down the road, we, we hope to have a full team and staff of some really great people, you know, just an awesome work environment and, and you know, people that we'll be surrounded by that uh, could kind of carry on our passion and, and uh, you know, continue providing for people that are looking for loans and, and wanting to kind of build that long-term wealth. Yeah. Right. Well, guys, we really appreciate you being on the show. I just have one more question for you. Um, where can people find out more about you and your business? All right. Our website is www.crowncapitalresources.com. And our email is investments at crowncapitalresources.com. So you guys feel free to drop us a line anytime. Jeremy and I are, are very responsive. Um, and, you know, we'd love to hear from anyone, whether it's just a, a simple question or maybe you have a property that you're looking for some capital on or whatever it may be, you know, Jeremy, as they say in our, in our company, our, our door is always open. <laughs> yeah. And I'll add to that too. I'll give you my, throw my phone number out there. It's 682-201-4804. Drop me a text. Give me a call. Uh, you know, my phone's on 24 seven. My day job is night and day. Uh, you know, uh, I'll pick up the phone and, and happy to, you know, talk to anybody that, that we might be able to help. That's awesome. Well, guys, we really appreciate you being on the show. I feel like our listeners will get a lot out of this and, um, you know, hopefully they reach out to you and y'all are able to make some sort of deal happen. Excellent. Appreciate thank it, guys. guys. So much. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, you. David. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We hope you gained something from today's episode and put it into action right away. Please make sure to share, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright. Signing Signing off. off.